everybody. Pastor David Berge here, along with my uh, consigliere. What is, yes. a, what is a consigliere, Mike? I'm your counsel. I'm here for you. I back you. I'm your second. Yeah. Like, if you were in a duel, I would check the pistols and hand them to you and make sure the flint was locked in there. Good. Like, if you went to an island somewhere and were going to shoot a, you know, a vice president or something, I would do that for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sure. Sure. So, I'm here with Michael J. Nelson. Hi. What do, Mike, tell them about what we're doing here. What we're doing is a podcast. You probably knew that because you're listening to it, but it's a podcast where we talk, we being the aforementioned, talk about great issues of life, huge issues. Uh, sometimes we talk about smaller issues, although I won't say that, you know, tinned fish is small. No, oh, it's I, a large I think it's a large issue, uh, and it's something that everyone has to deal with. But no, usually it's philosophical, theological, ethical, moral issues from a Christian perspective, because... I think, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it, I think David and I, David's a pastor, I am his parishioner, we are both Christians. Wow. We're putting it out there, folks. Yes. We are making it official. Yes. So we talk about it from that philosophical and worldview perspective. However, and this is a big however. It's a big one, but it's important. We love to bring these ideas to everyone, even those who don't share, even those who are hostile to our views. We hope to be able to sit down at the table, have a cup of tea, uh, maybe a nice, I don't know, maybe you're into a Bloody Mary, we'll serve you a Bloody Mary, whatever it takes to get you to the table to <laughs> listen to these ideas, and then we'll hash them out and we'll talk about them. That's right. Yeah. And and so what you're doing is, and we try to, is, we always try to engage in good faith. That's one of our, 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 we hope our hallmarks is that we're engaging in good faith. Um, we're not pretending like as we talk about things, well, it could be this way. It could be that. you know. If we're talking about things like our perspective is, um, will fall within the the Christian purview. Not saying yes. that there's always one Christian perspective on everything, but just to say generally that's where we're going to fall. So if you're expecting us, like we're going to talk about, does God exist? Well, spoiler alert, we're gonna we're gonna yes. say yes from the outset. But we'll try to fairly represent those who don't who 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 didn't agree with us. So like we're not pulling in we're not pulling a bait and switch here where it's like who who knows you know where it's I forget what the rule is called for headlines where if it's a question the answer is always like no. Oh yeah. You know yes, right. like that's the old trick like <laughs> Yeah, no we're not doing uh, uh hopefully I don't think we're doing like clickbait style. No, I don't uh, think so. topics or anything. We're actually trying to get into meaty things. And then we tend to, because this is just uh, our life, is we tend to like to do lighter things to sort of, because, you know, sometimes these topics can get heavy. Um, and uh, and so we, we have a little time where we just explore things like tin fish. And yeah. We question uh, David Berge. Quizzes. He's a... You're a millennial, right? I am a millennial. I'm yeah. a, I am I am an uh, elder statesman of the millennial generation. You millennials, get off your phones and learn something. We're will all <laughs> we're like very quickly entering middle age as millennials. So now it's funny that can't be the stand-in for young people anymore, and it's not. Now there's the mic. Do you know the generation below the millennials? Uh, well, you have like children, I believe. No, your kids are probably millennials, right? I don't know. I I don't like those. As you know, I think we should talking. do an episode on generational analysis yeah. and the, the sh I think the very, very 
large I think I mentioned before it. that I am, by some accounts, but not others, am listed as a baby boomer. You're no boomer, man. And I am not. It's just like, I don't share those things, you know, like the, uh, the classic baby boomer things. It's like, it's not okay, me. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yes. So. Okay. So it's, it's obviously troubling to be just lumped into a group, like broadly speaking, and then like categorized. So like, yeah, you millennials, you're so lazy. You don't yeah, want right. to work. And then it's like, we need to give you like a ping pong table and like a, like a nookie blankie Let's to get, get you to you do anything. Cliff bars and a, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and a salad, a kale salad. And then maybe you'll put in three hours for me. Avocado no toast. Yes. I know exactly. All right. All right. All right. So, we digress. Yes. So give us your big topic and then, uh, we'll go from there because this, I am, I do not know what it is. So Mike is learning about this topic as we're talking about it. So yes. folks, you in the position, some of our listeners will know have vastly more knowledge than Mike as we listen to. Well, that's true almost all of the time, but, <laughs> but go ahead. This is a podcast about a podcast right now today. And because I know I've been, I've been, the, the chatter has been out there. It's been in the discourse. It's not, it's cooled a bit. It's not as hot. You know, it, it came on very hot when it was released, this podcast I'm going to be making reference to. But it's still out there, and so I know lots of people in in, uh, in our congregation have listened to it. But just out and about there in the world, I think people are aware of it. And if they're not, especially if you are a Christian yourself or were a millennial Christian, um, a lot of this is going to resonate with you, and so it's probably been a part of the discourse. But if you are not and you're just learning about this for the first time, I want to kind of walk you through it. And And this is a podcast put out by a publication called Christianity Today. It's kind of a, like, I would say mainstream evangelicalism, uh, Christianity Today is the flagship publication of that. It was started by Billy Graham back in the 1950s. It was um, his answer to basically the Christian century, which was kind of like the old mainline stalwart publication. I mean, and Christian century is still around, and it's very interesting because it was the, you know, what started at the beginning of the 20th century, the Christian century, and that was the idea. The 20th century was going to be the Christian century. It just mm-hmm. gives you a, a an interesting insight into the perspective on on kind of mainline what came to be known as mainline Protestantism at the beginning of the 20th century. There was very much this triumphalist ethos to it. That's been heavily chastened, which for yeah, yeah. Entering re- interesting reasons. Pride goeth and all of that. Interesting reasons that perspective has been chastened. But, you know, you see this. this so Christianity Day was started in the 1950s as an answer to that to kind of be a pre- – I mean, to be sort of the highbrow – you know, uh, evangelical answer to that. And so, um, and, and is still going to this day. And so they really had not broken through in the podcast realm. I mean, they had, they had one podcast that was, you know, okay, but this is a narrative podcast and it's called the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And it's about, excuse me, it's about Mars Hill church, which did exist in Seattle, Washington. They could have done it actually, I would encourage him to do another rise in Mars Hill second, but about there was a Mars Hill pa- pastor in uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, by Rob Bell. So you could do like a whole podcast about two different Just m- churches named Mars Hill. <laughs> All these Mars Hills, and the Mars Hill name is it comes from. Um, and these churches are intentionally trying to engage the culture. That very name says it. There's a famous passage in the Book of Acts where Paul goes to uh, Mars Hill, it's the Areopagus, and he engages with the learned debaters of Athens, and they're like, what is this madman talking about? Basically, he goes through there, and he sees all of these, he sees an idol to an unknown god, and he's like, wow, you even have like idols and statues to a god you don't know. And he goes, well, this god you don't know, I am going to tell you about him now. And then he tells them about Jesus. So it's this idea of 
kind of in a purely secular environment where with no kind of faithful presence and that the name itself kind of speaks to one's posture of trying to engage with the culture. But anyways, it's called Rise and Falls of Mars Hill because Mars Hill started by Mark Driscoll in the in the 1990s, Seattle, Washington, very famously a secular place. You know, people make various claims. I'm not sure how true these are, but it's the least church city in America. You know, there's no Christians there hardly at all. And, you know, here, this church is planted in the city, uh, very, um, uh, we can get into kind of its theological perspective later, uh, but in, in many ways, a very traditional church, but it, it, but it's kind of got this Gen X sort of punk rock, punk rock vibe to it. So it just... Secular city, and it, it's highly successful. It left out grunge? It just was punk rock? Yep. And... Well, you know, Kurt Cobain <laughs> was, you know, RIP. It was, it was, yeah, they, they, you know, but yeah, you get into Seattle... This cultural mecca of the, I mean, the 1990s, Seattle. It was their hour. Think about it. And it's continued to this day, but you think about like, because yeah, you have the music scene there, but you also have a tech boom with Microsoft and then Amazon. So I feel like Seattle's been like, you know, kind of a cultural, like, it's given us a lot of what's happened in our country, in our world over the last 30 years. But anyways. A little gripe though, before you go on. Please, please. A little gripe about Seattle. Like, hey man, you stole our music scene with, because we were... You know, print. Minneapolis, yes. Yeah, the Minneapolis scene. Mm-hmm. Prince, The Replacements, Husker Du. We were set, man. And then all of a sudden, the Seattle came in and just, like, crushed us. What happened? I don't know. Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. Like, <laughs> they were there to blame. They were like, they were the like you know what? That, <laughs> ah, we were on board with The Prince, The Replacements, Bob Mould. We're, we're not on board. For Sorry. Soul Asylum. We're, we're out. We're out. We're going. Seattle's, we're going. Less. We're taking it. So, anyways. Anyway, so... Plants this church, and it's very successful. And by the time you reach mid the mid twenty tens, it's you know got multiple campuses. It's got ten you know fifteen thousand people worshiping across these campuses, and it has this figure, this pastor pastor and Mark Driscoll, who has the number one like number one for sure like religion podcast, which I think is just his sermons, like just extremely influential, loud voice. Man, in this most secular city in America, they're being successful with this very kind of like old-fashioned form of Christianity. Wow, how is this happening? And then, in almost a blink of an eye, it's like gone in a, over a course of a matter of months. And so, when something like that happens, it makes you go, well, how can you go from like this to... And there was no, you know, it wasn't an obvious scandal. It'd be like, oh, he was caught, like, you know, he was filmed cheating on his wife with prostitutes or doing drugs. I, or I mean, I stole assumed money. that was the end of the story. No, that was not the end of the story. So how, without an obvious scandal, you know, or of child abuse or something like that, like without an obvious scandal, how does something go from like setting the world on fire seemingly from the outside to absolutely just banished, gone? And so this podcast presents itself as kind of an autopsy. What happened? The first episode is called Who Killed Mars Hill? And um, the answer, which is, you know, kind of you can roll your eyes, is we all, you know, we all killed Mars Hill. It's like there's, oh, you know. Sure. We all, have a, we all have various lessons, potentially, that we can learn if we, you know, as, as that there's something to learn as Christians. Even if you're not directly tied to that particular Christian subculture, there's things that we all can learn from this. And so I, I just want to look at one, like what makes this story so compelling and so popular. And I know for me, just the very name rise and fall, 
I'm a sucker for the rise and fall story, Mike. Like, well, yeah, well I think we are. Yes. Goodfellas, love it. One of the reasons, you know, it has really interesting characters on it, but it's a rise and fall story. Very simple. Wow, Goodfellas. Are you recommending that? I like. I mean, I really like Goodfellas. Oh, I mean. I timidly recommend it because I don't want to recommend it to Christians because it's pretty rough. I mean, it's a rough, but, but he's like, it's rough stuff. Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta laughing at the, at the thing is one of the oh, great, it's, it's a great meme of all time. <laughs> and is that during the, which is the other meme? Uh, you think that's funny? That, yes. That, I mean, that's a, a am, I, am I a clown? Moment. Am I, am I entertaining? Like, no, to you? How, how am I funny? <laughs> Chilling. Yes. Okay. So, but rise and fall. And I feel like a, all the a lot of that mafia kind of gangster genre. It's because it's someone who starts, you know, as basically a nobody. Yeah. Rises up, and then, but we all know that this can't last forever. That there's a fall coming because when you're involved in like criminal activity, there's your gang rivals, and there's you know the government and the police, and so eventually you're going to fall. But man, you want to see how like high can they rise? And how long can they stay there before they fall? And so I'm personally a sucker. for You ask my wife, like, David loves a rise and fall story. Scarface. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Behind the band. What, what is it? The behind the music? Behind the music. Behind the music. Every single band has the same <laughs> That's story. That's the same thing. Absolutely. Well, over and over again. What I love about that is, like, uh, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing and hoping to get a different outcome or yep. whatever. Every band is like... Well, then we did this. And like, who we thought we could do it. You know, it's just like, you've watched the show, surely. You know that every single man falls the same way, but they just go, yeah, but we thought we could do it differently. It is, I, I love that attitude. <laughs> and that was, and that, that show was so popular and so successful because it's like they had the formula and the formula just clicks for people. Like, oh, yes. We, 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 that is a 30 minute, well, 23, 22 and a half at the time, probably yeah. minutes of rise and fall. And the falls, oh, the falls are so good. And it's just straight in, you know, that's kind of like, just put it straight into my veins. So, Mike, <laughs> okay. as I'm telling you about this podcast, do you, what, what is your level of awareness of Mars Hill? Zero. Mark, Zero. Mark Driscoll, had you heard of him? Zero. Uh, I know Driscoll's strawberries, and I live in a town that has a grocery store called Driscoll's. That is where it begins and ends. Wow. And I so, so you're a tabla russa, Mike. I am a, oh. I am absolutely a blank slate. Please continue now. Okay, now it's the the rise. We're at the the rise. So t- then just, they played Wembley Stadium. <laughs> exactly, so, seventy five thousand screaming fans. Well, there's always the humble beginning. Yes. Right. Yeah. Then there's the rise to the apex, and then there's where everything falls off a cliff. And so the humble beginnings. Um, and I think the reason this show is so successful is not just because it follows the trident to uh, rise and fall formula. But people who grew up in that era, um, in 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 you know American Protestantism, uh, more theologically conservative American Protestantism, like it touches so many of. There's so many voices in here there where you're like, oh, that guy, and like, so it's kind of a nostalgia trip too. And that sure. a lot of yeah. the Christian junk you are exposed to potentially, it's it's right there. So it's kind of a trip down memory lane it's so interesting so you know it starts in in the the 1990s with a rejection kind of born out of but also rejection of the kind of cornball megachurch that came before you know think of the nice suburban uh, I, I think the foil that's set up and 
and it doesn't cast aspersions on them at all, but like the Rick Warren and Saddleback Church out there, sure. you know, in California. It's like, or the Robert Schuler and the Crystal Cathedral, right? There's nothing punk rock about that, right? No, that could not be more sort of bland, middle-of-the-road mainstream, yes. Yeah. You know, a doughy white man in a Tommy Bahama shirt, you know, telling you about the Lord, right? So- SoCal pastor shirts. <laughs> oh, I, I had one once, and I told my wife, it makes me look like a Southern California pastor. <laughs> I got to get rid of this shirt. <laughs> but yes, of course. So extremely successful formula, but you go, you bring that into a place like Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, right? People are people are going to laugh at that. You you can't do that. So what do you do? You take maybe some of the lessons you learned from that formula uh, about having cultural appeal, but you know, you kind of take that Gen X edgy sort of punk rock uh grunge aesthetic to it, right? And sure. so you take kind of a uh you 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 trans it's all about kind of being being a missionary to your culture, you're doing some cultural translation, what's going to work. And so Driscoll was really good at that in the 1990s he had the soul patch you know he kind of he had the look he had a punk rock origin story that was as you learn is varying degrees of true wow you know yeah like you know just basically talking about i was from a broken home i was you know doing crimes and like you know it's it it it, there's some real holes i think in the in the the biography for sure but yeah he's got this kind of hard you know kind of hard scrabble came up from you know, kind of working class, uh, hard background, uh, had no exposure to the church, meets this nice girl in his high school. She gives him a Bible. He's in college. He reads it. And God just like <laughs> smacks him upside the head as he's reading like sure. the book of Romans or something like that. And just he's converted and like it's almost this – it's not even Saul in the Damascus roads. It's like if Saul had no – you know, Saul was a Pharisee. He had deep exposure to the Jewish religion. But it's like – if you took like a just pagan Saul and then all of a sudden God grabs him and lifts him up into this role. Yeah. And so it's this origin story where it's basically like God zaps him uh, when he's 20 some years old and he's converted and becomes passionate about Christianity and then all of a sudden becomes a church leader. So it's this really dramatic conversion story. It's this very dramatic origin story. But what's left out is behind it, there's actually a lot. I think it's a lot more like he's a lot more normal in his background his story of being discipled is a lot more normal. And so like, but anyways, there's this appealing as this kind of singular figure comes up and is, and for that reason, cause he doesn't have all that cultural Christian baggage is able to reach the culture of course, in a powerful, in a powerful way and feels this call, you know, it's, so it's a lot of like God directing Mark to do stuff. And that's the story he tells. And that's the story that the church supports a lot. And so, you know, and then you just get into all this, oh my gosh, you get into all this interesting stuff. Like there's, it talks to kind of this whole other generation who were around at the same time. And so you get to meet these characters from memory lane, a guy named Joshua Harris. We should do a whole episode about Joshua Harris. He wrote this book, Mike, you, have you heard of it? I Kiss Dating Goodbye? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was... si- he since left the faith. Oh, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's part for the course, right? And, but this was, if you're, I, when I was a teenager, you know, this was a book that was around. I never read it, but I knew a lot of people who did. And it was kind of an idea that the culture around dating is so broken. Christians need a higher standard. He was 20 years old when he wrote this book. It became a boffo bestseller. Yes. I believe my my wife, mm-hmm. Bridget, was doing uh, 
youth counseling at the time that that book would have been a thing. Yep. So that's where I, I knew it from. It was this, And it was kind of like a strange... It was not, I think, super helpful. It talked a lot about courtship in, like, not, I think, ways that just were... Courtship, huh, young people? Huh? <laughs> now you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> it, was, it was just this weird... It, it, it just was not... I don't think it was... I, it, I just don't think it was very helpful. It wasn't very wise. And it was written by a 20-year-old dude. and But somehow this caught fire. Yes. And became, like, the handbook. It was, like, the textbook for how Christians should do relationships and dating. Right. He, he since renounced it and kind of purity culture. We could do whole, you know, we're not getting, but oh, again, it, purity culture, it yes. taps, it tap, Mike, it, it taps into this nostalgia. Sure. Yeah. All of those things. There was purity culture. It taps into two, the emerging church. The emerging church. Not the emergent church, the emerging church. <laughs> no, it's, it's, Mike, Let's it's not a movement. That. It's a conversation. We're not getting to that. No, but okay. also, that was big in Minneapolis. Sure. Yeah. Huge in Minneapolis. Coffee and couches, right? Coffee and couches. Yeah. Solomon's porch, Doug Padgett, Tony Jones. If these names don't mean anything to you people, you have been spared some Christian subcultural stuff. All that th- Solomon's Porch was looking for a building at a time, and our, our fair church rented them space for six months. Oh, yeah, right. In right, right, right. circa 2005 or six, they were, they were looking for a church home, and they just needed a place to rent for six months. So there was a lot of couches in the fellowship area. How Mike. was the coffee? It was, you know what? I don't remember. I wasn't. I was Seattle's actually best. <laughs> it was Pete's Speaking coffee. Speaking of Seattle, oh, Pete, Pete's. <laughs> no, no, okay, I, there you go. I wasn't drinking a lot of coffee at the time. Okay, uh, to be honest, but it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Our sanctuary was partially filled with couches for six months. So you're a, from the emergent church. Well, I, I'm like, I went to Gloria in New Mexico. There's some tales I can tell. Oh, I'll tell another I'll t- podcast. Yeah, I, there's. I have tales to tell, uh, for sure. Um, I, I, a tale of intrigue. And of disillusionment, Mike. Wow. Okay. Yeah, can, rise and fall. It's a rise and fall, oh, and, and I can woo-hoo. I can pinpoint some moments for All you. Right, actually. Well, but, write it down because we often forget our. But it's a Minneapolis. It's you know, the emerging church, and and that even for me has a parochial Mini- sure. Minneapolis interest. And I've met I've met all the players, all the principals. I know them not well, but just to say, I've you know I've I've had interpersonal communication sure. with many people who are featured there. So it, it touches the it touches the. You know, emerging church. It also touches uh, the kind of young, restless, and reformed. So a resurgence around reformed Calvinist theology. John Piper, another Minnesota yeah, figure. Minnesota. You know, yeah. a, a Minnesota figure. Uh, uh, Timothy Keller, even uh, although uh, Keller's a Presbyterian, he baptizes the babies. You know, uh, Driscoll and Piper, they don't. So that's a, actually a divide within a certain kind of reformed theology. But it's a rise of kind of a. Uh, a muscular Calvinism, a kind of a confrontational Calvinism. Also a trip down memory lane in terms of cultural moments. Um, just extremely, extremely fascinating. But another thing it touches on, Mike, is the church had a message board. And Oh, message boards. Oh, Mike. I was never into them. I'm, I'm only oh, aware I wa- of them. I was. Are, are, it's just like predecessor to reddit that yes. we currently have and i yeah, think reddit right. like was like hey that's kind of what a lot of people liked about the internet was the message board yeah and okay. so Mars hill had a very active internal message board and mark driscoll was posting under a pseudonym he was sock puppeting <laughs> he himself was sock pu- william wallace the second no william <laughs> wallace <laughs> yes what? okay and that... let's just say that there was some of the con well it's some pretty objectionable content Wow. Oh, very bad stuff. So he's a, um, I'm, I'm going to keep this clean. We're not going to get an explicit rating. He was what's called an S poster. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like kind so, of. So like the modern version would be like a uh, 
what is it? A troll. A, a, well, a troll. Yes. Yeah. Let's just use the simple term, a troll. He was a, so he was a he was a he was not an, an edge master, an edge lord, edge lord. He, he sorry, did. Sorry, yes, sorry. yes. Okay. He would say edge lordy stuff, and okay. he was and okay. he was an gotcha. S poster. So gotcha. He. So there we go. Like so, so many of the cultural streams were like started there and moved up. Also, um, kind of like an insult comic vibe. Like you can't say that. Because he would get up there and talk about sex, especially the way he talked about sex, uh, marriage, the relationship between men and women. He was very, like, kind of in your face about that. Uh, people would say he's very patriarchal and, uh, like, very sexually explicit, though, about, like, yeah, really? like, you're, like, I mean, at church being, like, the Bible says your wife should do this to you, basically. I'm not, again, we're keeping a clean rating. Yeah. Very, like, like, like sexually explicit teaching. Ew. about how couples should relate to one another sexually. Okay. And it was very attractive because he was like, and there was something. So he's just... He he's was, being honest. He was he's being keeping honest. It real. Keeping it real, right? Telling it like it is. He's saying other preachers are, you know, namby-pamby, wussies. Um, they're, you know, men with doilies, you know. this. I mean, this is the kind of... Strange insult, but okay. This okay, is the kind it. of, this is the type of talk. So it's like... <laughs> It marries all these strange things, like a kind of a Gen X culture, hyper masculinity, sort of kind of some of the patriarchal stuff, but then also some of the like postmodern um, questioning, then also some of the like internet troll posting. Like this dude just embodies so many cultural trends that I think got us to where we are today that we can trace and see various strands. So it's just this various story. It's this story that draws in so much of our experience. To this one person, I think that's why it's very compelling. He was the uh, he's the band Creed of evangelical <laughs> church. You know where you just look at him and go, "What was happening? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, we used to listen to Creed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not we, but I mean, yeah, we but people to, yes, like, yes, and yes, they were like the did. biggest thing going. Yeah, okay, so what happened? <sighs> what happened? All right, we're at the rise. The rise. People are listening like crazy. Mm -hmm. People are wearing flannel shirts and they're going to his church. And they're drinking Seattle's best or Pete's coffee. Yes, yeah, possibly Starbucks. Maybe some Starbucks. And uh, and the podcast is rocking. What happened? The service is rocking. Yeah. Oh, they Quest Field in Seattle for an Easter. They like half filled it or so. that. They put a lot of effort into like getting a ton of okay. people to to where the Seahawks play. Crowd control, oh, everything. Yeah. Huge guys with headphones and walkie talkies for church. Mm -hmm. Okay. The thing was, what, what I think killed it was basically uh, that <laughs> they allowed a person, the success, several things happened. One of them, success became the justification for everything. You could get, you could excuse anything because of success. We need to, yes. Look at the mic and this we is. We need a, more chairs. We need in the, in the sanctuary. How can you argue with that? Yeah, right. So Dave, I, you know, when you say that like, yeah, I mean, if it was me, Dave, when you say that like, couples should have to do this because the bible says that like that makes me that's kind of gross or like that doesn't seem right mike what are you talking about we just had a hundred baptisms last week and like we've grown by 25 percent this year wow can you argue you know when that becomes the standard of yeah. argumentation when that's when churchy circles it's called fruitfulness when the fruitfulness you measure is just the number of people that's a problem because then you can use that to justify anything look at how successful i'm being sure you want to fight that it's it's working yeah and so when that becomes the retort to any criticism or any questioning that's a problem yeah 
I, I mean, it puts me in mind immediately of my my beloved grandmother had uh, she would take in flat out criminals. <laughs> <laughs> who were doing like Bible scams, but she'd be like, it's the word of the Lord. We have to let, and we'd be like, grandma, this guy is obviously like a street grifter, but he had a van full of Bibles and she'd be like, <laughs> yeah. well, he can stay at my house anytime. <laughs> so yes. Anyway, the justification was it's spreading the word of God. Yep. So, it's, okay. it's working. Uh, I think the second problem was you had basically a church structure that like disc, it, it all, the, Everything was ta- like a church structure shifted to just basically concentrate all power and authority to the top. So there was no dispersal of authority. No board. No board. Or it, it, the board was a the there was no board that had any meaningful like pushback. Okay. And right. and there I think that did exist as you listen to the podcast over the years. There was kind of a meaningful give and take for a time. That was seen as a um that became seen as a bug, not a feature. Right? Mm. So like personally, I've been involved in several board discussions where there's been a lot of disagreement with what with what like i might even want a response to that would go like okay yeah we're not at a place of consensus or this decision was made and it's not the one i would have made but like my role isn't to be a dictator and have see what i get want like this is shared uh, there's shared dispersed authority here yeah you know the response at mars hill seemed to be no that's a problem like (laughs) these people are pushing back from what mark and his people want so we need to change the church structure so that that doesn't happen again, because that's getting in the way of our growth. Yeah. So huge issues with um, polity structure. That might seem boring, but like you shouldn't give one one person the concentration of authority into a single figure like that. No, we, I've always hated that. In yeah, we have been to churches that have that structure, and it's always been like. I would ask, like, so who's the board? It's like, well, it's pretty much one man band. Like, all right, so long, I'm out of here. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not good. It's not good. You know, if you can never not get your way, that's not that's not good. That's that's not healthy. Yeah. You know, it's it, I I think the I think the wisest model, the biblical model, is a dispersed authority amongst a board sure. of elders. Yes. Okay, that's my. I'm just putting my cards on the table. So you you. Presbyterian uh, in your... I'm much more Presbyterian yeah. in, my, in my polity, even, in, yes. even more than congregational. Um, though the congregation does have a voice in a vote, they get to elect their leaders, and there are certain decisions yes. that, that are at the congregational level, so I'm not against that. But I'm against a strict... A, 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 what I see is, like, too much hierarchy. So that happens with one person. Anyway, so we have the, like, ends justify the means, too much authority in one person. And lastly, just this dude, like... A lot of people, he's very successful, and so there's, like, no, there's people who should know better, who kind of platform him, but just there's no pushback against, like, this dude who a lot of people go, you know, if you pull him to the side, they go, honestly, like, I don't like that he says that, but you don't want to criticize him because you don't want to get in his crosshairs, so no one, like, there was no accountability from the other institutions he was connected to that were basically profiting off of him, right? They were using him because he was a big Mm -hmm. dude. And so there's a lot of other, like, institutions, I'm sure even Christianity today, like, when he was at his height, that they kind of, like, didn't want to call him to account for his obvious excesses because he got you a lot of traffic. He'd get you a lot of people at your conference. And so I don't know if that's being complicit, but, like, just an unwillingness to ever just call this dude on his BS because... He help. He's helping your own platform. Yeah. So that's my 
diagnoses. So then what, what, but how did it like the oh, what brought it? Yeah, yeah. What really what? brought it to an end? What really brought it to a head was there was just an enveloping, there was several scandals that happened like play, a plagiarism scandal. Oh, so he was, okay. he was plagiarized. He was the Mark, Mark, pastor Mark Driscoll. I'm using air quotes here, folks. Great podcasting technique. He was a content machine. All these books were coming out like, and it would, you know, they were ghostwritten, but he had, he hired a research firm. His church did to like help him with all of his content he was producing. Sure. Part of that agreement is you can't just copy and paste the research we produce for you into your materials without attribution. Uh, he was just doing that. He was copying and pasting material. So he was doing a lot of plagiarism that was scandalizing at the same time. Um, there, there was like the, uh, it would, it became impossible to ignore the culture of basically bullying in le- like as a, it was so unhealthy and dysfunctional, the leadership, he was basically like, bull- people were just being bullied and like thrown under the bus. And then the bus was going forward and backing up and forward. And back. Like there was just a too many bodies hmm. that couldn't be ignored anymore. And wow. you know, like the, there was a growing chorus of people who had just been burned and mistreated and bullied and badgered and fired. And yeah, the bodies piled up too high and the church couldn't ignore it anymore. And he, what brought it to a head was like that there was going to be maybe some accountability for it. And he, I think, saw the writing on the wall. It couldn't continue the way it was. And so he quit. He walked away. He And he eventually, he's a missing voice actually from this podcast. Like you hear, I would love to hear what he thinks now because he's still pastoring. He stepped Where away. Where is he? He's in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, okay. That's quite a quite a different environment, I would say. Mike, nothing. I always say this. I'm a Minnesotan, so I'm biased. But I'm just going to put, I'm going to also lay this out. Whenever someone from Minnesota tells me, you know, I'm moving to Florida or I'm moving to Arizona, and they're not a senior citizen, I always have fears about what's going to happen to them. <laughs> okay. I'm just being honest. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay? Yeah. It's like, yep, going down to Florida. It's like, oh, oh, or yeah, we're we're going down to Arizona now. I'm just like, I worry about what's going to happen to them. Yeah, there's many people who've made that move and it's been fine. But I'm just telling you, I always worry about people who move to places that are too warm. From Minnesota, I think particularly from Minnesota. I'm, I'm mentally like running through all of the people that I know. Like, how did that work out? <laughs> but when you're a senior citizen, it's totally different. I, I'm not saying snowbirds. I, I'm not saying anything to my snowbirds, but. Uh, yeah, like, so he, you know, kind of eventually tell the story. He repudiates a lot of his reform term. He's also, he also had a lot of charismatic stuff. So I miss that too, like the rise of charismatic Christianity. Oh, he yeah, also touches yeah. that. He's leaned more into that now. Um, he is like apparently still up to his old tricks, like as paranoid as ever. He has like crazy security. There's all kinds of non-disclosure agreements when you work for him. Like, oh, NDAs. The man a has good tri- sign. the man has tripled down on his old on his old ways. But when when there was a sense of like there needs to be accountability, a change of ways, he talks about how God told him, um, "I'm released. You know, from your season there is over." And I think that's maybe the fourth thread I would tie is like the image that he projects and that the church allowed to be projected was of a man singular, like the connection is him to God. Yeah. And there is no mediating accountability structures within that. And when that's kind of the vibe and the thing going, you can always pull the God card out. Not good. Not good. Also not good. Yeah. Not good. So he's, he's still playing that. So, 
Uh, he's in Scottsdale. He hasn't, as far as I can tell, responded at all to the podcast. He's kind of acting like it doesn't happen. He's keeping, he's 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 just going about his merry way. But so he's still an active figure. He's not prominent wow. in any way, shape, or form the same way he was. But Mark is still there, pastoring Trinity Church in Scottsdale. I believe it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I would recommend if you're in that area to not attend said church. But it's just it's so it's such a fascinating podcast. And those are my kind of takeaways, what I see right now. And you could have a hundred different ones from listening and to it. And it's called The Rise and Fall of The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Okay. Uh you know what it slightly reminds me of? And this would be another podcast I would do. People yeah. who know me well know that this is a passion of mine because of how horrible it is, is the Lance Armstrong story. Yes. We all know the, the highlights, but the rise, we all know the rise, of yep. course. We all know the beautiful story. I mean, the man had cancer. He was going to die. Yes, but he overcame it. He not only overcame it, he triumphed in ways that can't even be. The behind the scenes, that guy was such a piece <laughs> of ass. Like, I can't, like actively paying people to ruin other people's lives and like the few brave voices that would stand up against him are, are it's so it's an amazing story it's it sounds similarly where there's this just piles of bodies behind him he's ruined lives and then he gets caught like red-handed caught like yep. not even like i am the guiltiest guy he spent years and years like laying at the sides of road in in, in france like pumping his own you know, drugs and blood into his body, you know, in a in a sack by yep. the side of the road with people, you know, guarding him and then sending him on his way to win another Tour de France. And uh, and when he gets caught, what is his response? He goes on Oprah and goes, yeah, well, sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, do we get to do that? Like, he was ruining, like, actively destroyed people's lives. Mike, that's a good... With malice, with... That's a pot... Like, Don't... how that... You know that thing I... I I I cannot understand this. Like politicians have it, Lance Armstrong had it. The uh, you know, if I get caught doing something like, "Hey, why'd you say you went to that party? You just like ditched me, man." I would go like, "You're right. I'm sorry, man." <laughs> These people do the. They go like, "How dare you, sir? How dare you?" <laughs> we, you know that that mentality. I think we like, need to do a deep dive. Oh on, my God. We need to do a deep dive on Lance. And what would I think the question is like? What would a what should he do? I think that's a good question. Like when you are so malevolent and malicious for years and it's not just like, <sighs> yeah, sorry, man. You know, what is the politician thing? Youthful indiscretion. Yeah. Like, no, a pattern of just repeatedly being just like evil. I mean, yeah, you evil. know, you're in the wrong. You're covering up for something wrong. And you, but the people who, the people who smoke you out, you don't go like, you got me, man. You go like, <laughs> you try to destroy I'm them. going to destroy you. But for years, and, anyway, and I Lance loathe on, that oh, guy. I right. loathe him. Man. We're gonna do a Lance. We're gonna do a. You're gonna wear the yellow jersey yeah. after okay. you triumph over this guy. Uh, but that's that is fascinating. Yeah. So yeah. So lot to say, folks. Uh, that's kind of my context that I bring to it. If you've listened to it, if if you know, if people love stories of scandal, uh, these these are very appealing. And I don't tell people, oh, don't listen to that. Uh, uh, you know, don't listen to something where it has a bad thing. You know, don't watch the movie Spotlight because it's about sexual abuse. And that you're like, no, like you just kind of get to see how some of these practices get set up and to enable this type of behavior. And it's just a very helpful, helpful diagnostic. And just to look at like, man, when there's no when there's no accountability, when a person cannot be called to account, when they've placed themselves above 
any sort of correction, reproach, like let's rein this in, um, regardless of anything else that's happening, you're you're setting your institution up, your church up, and that person up for failure. And that's All not right. good. That's a, that's a scandal, and it's a stain upon the church. And so, yeah, you know, God did great things through that church, I'm sure. Many great things. Right. And thank God. You know, and I say, there before the grace go I. I don't sit back and judge Mark. I just go, I could find myself in a similar... I would never have as many thousands of people listening to me. Okay, I do not think that's the case at all. But I do think you could replicate that on another level. And um, if you don't have people... not and, and accountability sounds so bad. People who actually like care about you as a human being and don't want to see you become a loathsome monster. And so they're not trying like to... Like Lance, I'm sure. Yeah, like no one's trying to take him down. No one's trying to hurt Mark. Just go by saying, hey, what about this? They're trying to help him yeah. and care about him and love him. And so, yeah, that's, that's my takeaway at the end of the day. So the rise and fall of this podcast is this episode right here. So there we go. All right. Well, let's take a short break. And then I think what we're going to do is just kind of have a very quick wrap-up of our uh, favorite podcast. That's right. We'll that recommend. We we'll yes. recommend uh, other, other things that are good. So uh, hang on one second. A little uh, message from the pastor, and then we'll be back. Thank you so much for listening to Like Trees Walking. This is our appeal. You know, help us build our own. <laughs> we just talked about the dangers of too big of a platform. No, we appreciate it. We we, we stay humble around here. We, we are accountable to you, our listeners, uh, to still be the podcast that we have endeavored to be from the beginning, which is a place where you can hear some substantive, interesting, and we hope um, one where, where we talk about serious stuff, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And, and we try to stay in that vein and try to be charitable in good faith always in all things um without pulling any punches about who we are and where we come from so if you find that we are doing that please send us a word of encouragement uh we appreciate that rate us and review us and uh you know keep sharing this so that other people can we hope be exposed to voices in christianity that are um, trying to be part of a of a constructive conversation um and not one there there ain't no clickbait here although my i think my episode titles are great uh, i take full responsibility for those and i think they're they're at least half clever half of the time and so yeah let's get back to it we got some podcast recommendations that may thrill and surprise you and so uh, we'll see you on the other side all right and we're back thank you uh Pastor, now that this podcast, since you have finished talking, has grown, I'm looking at the numbers. They're just clicking oh. over. It's that, you know, like lottery thing. And uh, millions, millions of listeners. So now you have a huge responsibility and you're accountable. Um, so And my new shock jock act that I've brought into this is, and yeah. it's working. Your hot takes, your you outrageous argue. things that you say. Uh, no, we want to talk about, uh, just very quickly, give kind of recommendations of podcasts that have influenced us, and it's funny you should mention it. I'll start, okay? Oh, yeah. Let's let's hear this. Well, I'll start because I, um, for many years, I, I consider him a mentor, and, and this is what the funny thing is, that is that I've met this man many times. I've listened to his podcast for years, years and years. Uh, Greg Kokel. He's been brought up on this. He's an apologetics. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> there. You go. He does the chicken thing. He. Uh, I think he has a couple of master's degrees in theology. Whatever. Anyway, he's that's his business. He runs Stand to Reason, a big organization 
And uh, we just went to his conference here. There was a conference in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Uh, some my wife and some friends and I went down and saw his conference, which was you know for youth. But we just went because we figured they're not going to card at the How door. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> yes, we were doing a lot of that. <laughs> It was it was very funny sitting next to uh, behooded youngsters yes. who were uh, you know there was one conference I was in where I could not see the person came up with a microphone and was asking questions from the audience and it was like so what would you say if someone said this well I would say that I and I, I couldn't see him like is that person four years old <laughs> the, the guy with is like he's probably like. 16 or something but it just the the youth in there was it was great fellow youths uh but the point being that so greg and i've been on podcasts with greg okay. I, I got to have breakfast with him once and say like yeah you've been a huge influence and uh, i was on a podcast with him once with other guys who had s- similar experience and uh, the funny thing was we all said our little piece and he goes like oh that's funny i i've i have n- I've never met you guys i don't i've I don't never know, heard of you never heard of you it's very weird to have you say this. We're like, oh, okay. So so anyway, I'm at this conference with thousands of people, and I see Greg in the hallway, and someone, you know, Bridget nudges me. Well, you got to say hi. I mean, he knows you. I'm like, well, eh, not really. So I walk up to him, and I, because we're right next yeah. to him. Like, I can't ignore it. And so I say, instead of saying, like, I'm so-and-so, and have him do the, I've never yeah. heard of Who you before, you? I go, we have a mutual friend. I said his name. He's like, "Oh, great! Say hi to him for me." <laughs> so he did. He not remember. Did not remember. Oh, oh, man. That is great. Anyway, but I love Greg. I love him. Love him to death. And his podcast has shaped me. And you know, he's he's a great thinker, great speaker, great writer. Uh, he he has a book out now called "The Story of Reality," which I highly recommend. It just talks about worldviews and Christianity and everything. So. That's my podcast recommendation. Greg Kogel, Sandories. Yes. Uh, along the same lines, uh, or in, in in that same vein, would be uh, a fellow uh, out of the UK, Justin Brierley. Premier Christian Radio Network has the unbelievable podcast. And I think that's usually, so just, it's usually like two people sort of debating things. It can be a Christian and atheist or two people from different perspectives within Christianity. He is the British host kind of sitting in the middle. And I think he's a good, really good interviewer. Um, and so it's like an interesting different form of a, an apologetics podcast. And so uh, the unbelievable podcast with uh, Justin oh, Brierley. Is, I've yeah. never heard that. Yeah, one. it's really good. You, oh, yeah. You've never recommended that Wow. To well, me. now I'm recommending it to okay. you. All right. Well, live. I'm right now. Hearing of it recommended. course, I want to recommend a bad book podcast called <laughs> 72 <laughs> Pages with Every Back. But other podcasts that I, other faith I don't listen to a ton of like Christian podcast folks. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, it's it's we call that a busman's holiday. When yeah, you, when you're yes. But I do enjoy the uh, there is something called the Ad Fontes, A D F O N T E S podcast from the Davenant Institute, uh, which is just always very interesting. Um, it's it's, it's it, I'd say it's somewhat obscure, but it's really good Protestant um, like conversation around really interesting topics. So I thoroughly enjoy. The Ad Fontes podcast. That's one I've gotten into recently. My favorite politics podcast, KCRW's Left, Right, and Center. Uh, very interesting. Hosted by Josh Barrow, who I think does a great job as a host. He's actually leaving it, so I, I might just follow him to whatever he does. But that's always a – it's civilized yet provocative debate. Okay. So that, that's, that's their tagline? Yep. That um, transcends the opinion bubbles that dominate, predominate political debate or whatever. 
So, okay. um, so it, the spirit of this podcast kind of in politics. It is exactly. Okay. You got you got your left and your right, and then you've got Barrel right there in your center, kind of like trying to draw people out. So I just think it's a it's it's an okay. it's a great hour of your day. It is so 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 interesting. It's a, as as a politics one. That's that's what I thoroughly enjoy. And so those are my. I have other podcasts that I love, but I think for today, that's enough. I, I will also um, because it's uh, you know timely now. I did listen to. <laughs> And again, it's hard to recommend uh, Norm Macdonald live, <laughs> the video podcast. Uh, we we lost a treasure in Norm. I know that he is a polarizing figure because he just has such a strong his his point of view is strong. Yeah, and so I you know I recommend to be you know let the listener understand. Uh, you either love him or hate him, but uh, I I was listening to I downloaded all of his podcasts are available on the because they like pulled them from youtube or something and so but they're available and i downloaded and was watching i was like oh my god <laughs> he's a treasure but uh but you know a quirky style a anyway true, a true a, a true, true original yes an original yes so that's all i'm gonna say all right uh okay so your podcast that you recommend is available everywhere all everywhere these, all these oh podcasts. you know you don't need to go to a particular store it's to get to, these it's, podcasts. it's the 21st century we're yes. well into it you can know you can you folks know where to find it so okay so you go to ww <laughs> that's three w's http colon cs colon oh yeah we want to make sure it's secure yeah colon backslash okay uh this is like trees walking i am michael j nelson i'm david bergie so long